Welcome to episode three of Carol at Christmas, a story told in 12 parts. Let's begin. Bo Sullivan stands at Stella's desk. He is natural salt and pepper handsomeness, a man of generous good cheer. Can I help you? I'm looking for Carol Crow. Bo hangs his wool coat and scarf on the coat stand in the corner. He's been here before. It's been a while, but as he looks around, he notes that not much has changed. Can I tell her who wants to see her? He gestures to Carol's now shut door and gives Stella a wry and handsome smile. Uh, I have a feeling she knows. With a kind and warm shoulder shrug, Stella says, All the same. Bo. Bo Sullivan. Meanwhile, behind Carol's slammed office door, Carol sits down. She opens the top drawer of her desk and takes out a compact mirror. Her hands tremble as she examines her crow's feet. Not satisfactory. Her phone rings. She ignores it. Who is he? Stay. He can wait. You look great, Aunt Carol. Carol puts her mirror back and shuts the drawer. Faith reaches for her shopping bags and is about to heave them into her arms when Carol seizes her wrists. Please. Don't leave. What, 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 what will you be serving for dinner? On Christmas Day? No. I should go. No. About Christmas Day. You shouldn't keep him waiting. Faith frees herself from Carol, lifts her shopping bags from the desk, and opens the door. Carol hardens her composure. So you'll come? Bah humbug. Beau glances over at the door. He sees Faith and stares at her as if at a ghost. She looks so much like a woman he once knew. Stella's eyes flit nervously from Faith to Beau to the phone. Have a great afternoon, Stella. Stella goes to Carol's door. Beau Sullivan is here to see you? I can see that. Stella stands in the doorway for a moment, expecting some direction. Receiving none, she leaves the door as it is open and returns to her desk. For her part, Carol fixes her eyes on the screen and types with purpose, filling an entire document with absolute gibberish. Beau crosses the threshold into her office. Looks like you're doing well. Carol stops typing. She gestures to the seat across from her. Composure maintained-ish. Beau notices her ringless fingers as he sits down. Still beautiful. Why are you here, Mr. Sullivan? He points a thumb at the door. Was that? Sarah's daughter, Faith. She looks just like her mother. Carol's expression turns more somber than a moment before. More emotions have passed over her face in the past hour than have found their way across it this entire year. More will come, and soon. I heard about Mallory. Carol stiffens. She might have fallen apart at the sound of her old business partner's name, but the resolute part of her will reigns the chaos of her emotions in and keeps them under control. It is our busiest time of the year. Could you get to the point of your visit? May I ask, how did she... It didn't make your news feed. Bo shakes his head in the negative. Search Mallory Jacobs, Nutcracker, Floor Display, and Untimely Death. You can read all about it. That must have been devastating. Why are you here? I'm in Minneapolis for Tony's birthday. Remember him? It's his 50th on Christmas Eve. What does that have to do with me? This might be ridiculous, but would you want to be my date? Carol resumes her purposeful typing of pure gibberish. 
I thought it might be fun for old time's sake. Carol? For Tony's party, he gives Carol a hopeful smile. For the first time, Carol looks at his hands. No ring. Your friends hate me. It's been a long time, Care Bear. No one hates you. If any did, I'm certain they don't anymore. I'm sure of it. Good day, Mr. Sullivan. Can I ask another favor then? No. I don't have any children. I'm not able to assist with that, Mr. Sullivan. Good day. Since I don't have any children of my own, I connect with the Caring Club for kids. I buy gifts, help with the family's Christmas dinner. So you've developed a soft spot for lost causes. We serve great kids. They're always more in need than we can help. You could do so much for them. If they're so great, why do they need your help? Come on, Carol. You don't mean that. What's so great about children? Could there be a more cliche cause? Look at me. I help poor children. No, look at me. I help sick children. Wait, I found a child in the gutter with a rare disease and bought her STEM gifts. And she built an app to solve world hunger. Spare me. Poor kids are luckier than rich ones anyway. The earlier a person gets used to suffering, the easier life is. You can't really feel that way. I can, and I do. Good day. Her face holds firm like forged steel. I'm in town until Christmas. He stands up, sets his business card on her desk, and turns to the door. Bah humbug. Bo shows himself out of her office. As he opens and shuts the door, Stella pushes her feet against the wall, rolling her chair from where she was eavesdropping back to her desk. Did she really say bah humbug? It's been a rough year. As Bo walks out, a courier enters, carrying an enormously thick white envelope with private stamped on it in bold red letters. He hands the envelope to Stella, turns on his heel, and leaves. Stella inspects the envelope with care. It's sealed with a metal clasp and packing tape. There is no way to open it without it looking invaded. She sets the envelope aside. Safe within her office walls, Carol holds Bo's business card. She turns from the card to the secluded island dream property on her computer screen. She looks back to Bo's business card. In another lifetime, she rips his card up and tosses it in the trash. Clock bells chime the eight o'clock hour in. Carol takes the elevator down to the main floor of Crum and Jacobs. She exits through the crowds of shoppers unnoticed. Outside, snow still falls, but more gently than before. Carol walks past Crum and Jacobs's new and improved display window. It's full of toys and garish signage that reads, keep them merry or they won't be bright. Further down the street, she passes carolers. Some stop singing, others continue on. It's hard for her to convey her severeness when poorly lit at night by city lights set way too far apart. My ears have been bleeding since Halloween. Carol enters Lionel's pub, where she is a regular. She seats herself at the secluded, in-the-corner high top that she favors. A young woman, Jenny, the total embodiment of Midwestern cheerleader perkiness, bounces up to her table to take her order. The usual? 
Yes, and a slice of pecan pie. As Carol eats some of her usual, the beef stew that Jenny dropped off, she sets her laptop on the table and opens it, pulls up Bo's professional profile, and reads up on him. According to the internet, Bo founded and sold a retail software company, is a venture capitalist for four other successful tech companies, and has now turned his attention to philanthropy. Jenny returns with Carol's pecan pie and whiskey neat. She sees Bo's picture. He is so cute! Carol lowers the top of her laptop, blushes, then glares. Leave me alone if you want your, oh, it's getting close to Christmas and patrons should be generous, tip. One more whiskey neat and the bill. Carol moves on to business that won't get the attention of prying servers. She takes a stack of paper out of the envelope Spencer sent. She puts on her reading glasses, takes up her pen, and makes it five pages in before Jenny returns with her whiskey and tab. The bill is $12. Carol knocks back the whiskey, she tucks the contract back into its envelope, then she puts $13.80 cash on the table, counting out pennies and nickels to make the exact change. She returns the contract and laptop to her briefcase, leaves the restaurant, and makes a short walk from it to her home. All of the windows of her luxurious apartment building are decorated with Christmas lights except the ones on her penthouse floor. Once inside the elevator, Carol presses PH. The elevator rises. The display above the door reads LL. One, two, three, four. Then it goes blank. Yet. The elevator rises more. Carol looks above and below her. She grips the handrail. The elevator stops. No number displays. Carol bangs on the elevator doors. Let me out. Please help. Let me out. Help. Let me out. Let me out. Carol. Let me out. Let me out. out. She punches the red emergency button. Smacks her hands against the numbers. As quick as it started, all goes quiet, except the rapid pounding of Carol's fist against the door. Behind her, Mallory Jacobs appears. She is both glamorous and bad.